Hey, 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 good morning, good morning, champions. Yes, yes, yes. I don't know about you, but I just jumped off of worship with Kristen Valley this morning. Man, you are so beautiful. Man, listen, I was like, man, I done threw, I threw my flip-flop. Girl, listen, Jesus is beautiful. Our God is beautiful. Man, ooh, listen. You are so beautiful, and you are so wonderful. All right, y'all, come on in here. Give the Lord some praise. She told us to end with a 15-second praise, so that's my praise right there. God is a good God. He is a good God. He is worthy. Pastor Evelyn is going to come at the end. Uh, you know how he do. You know he's shady sometimes. So he's supposed to come at the end and do the stuff. But if not, we're going to go ahead and just get started, man. Listen, that song is just all in my heart. Oh, God, it's so good. You are so beautiful. And you are so wonderful. And you are so beautiful. Woo, listen, I'm just telling y'all, if we was at church, it wouldn't even be no preaching now. I would just be like, I'm going to lay down on the floor. Chris, you keep singing. And so, man, listen, Chris, oh, God, that worship was so beautiful this morning. It was so beautiful. It was so sweet. And I think it's just so important for us to remember how wonderful our God is, how gracious and kind and generous he is, how mindful he is of us. Now, you know what I want you to do? When you come on live, if you're watching live, I want you to tell us where you're watching from, and I want you to hashtag live. And if you're watching the replay, I want you to hashtag replay when you come and watch the replay. Today, I'm going to be talking about seed strategies and supernatural success. Seed strategies and supernatural success. Hallelujah. And so, and you know our announcements, Monday at noon, Central Mindset Monday with me on my Sean Strickland page. We have Tuesday night prayer. Something supernatural happens when we pray. Last week, um, I had the opportunity to do prayer because one of our prayer leaders was having some technical difficulties. And we began to decree and declare that no weapon formed against us should prosper, that we would use the word of the Lord in order to come against every strategy of the enemy. And so I just want to encourage you during this time, number one, to show up for prayer, but to pray every day. And when you pray, pray the word, guys. Don't pray your problems. God, our, God is bigger than your problems. Find a word that aligns with your problems and then pray the word because there is supernatural power in the word of God. And then Ralph Marlowe, Pastor Ralph Marlowe has been doing a dynamic job. Somebody say dynamic job teaching the word on Wednesday night. And I, if you haven't realized it, let me tell you. In this season and this time where literally life is different than it's ever been before and we are bombarded by so many bad reports and so many crazy things, you need the word. Tell your neighbor, say, you need the word. This is not the time to back up off of the word. This is not the time to cave in and quit. This is not the time to be led by your feelings. I don't feel like going to Bible study. We are people of faith. We do not live by how we feel. We live by the word. And many of you, you may be frustrated and struggling because you keep trying to live by your emotions. You keep trying to live by what it looks like. You keep trying to live by the news reports, but we are instructed to live by faith because faith is the key to our victory. It brings us out. It causes us to overcome. It causes us to be champions. It causes us to win. It causes us to prevail, and God wants you to prevail. He wants you to prevail hallelujah glory to God and then on Sunday morning we come back with Pastor Chris Kristen Valley worships if you have not liked her page please like her page please follow her and then we do it all again listen I think this is week 24 this is 24 we've now been six months without being able to gather but how many of you know even though we're not gathering physically that we are still gathering because the Bible says he sent the word so I don't care where you're watching from whether you're watching from Vegas whether you're watching from the East Coast 
Coast, whether you're watching from the UK, whether you're watching from Jamaica, Bahamas, wherever you're watching from, what I want you to know is that the word is available to you right where you are. We're going to pray and we're going to get into this. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we give you praise with much thanksgiving. You are so beautiful. We thank you that you take our ashes and give us beautiful things because all that is in you is beauty. And we thank you that you have been mindful of our entire lives. It started with salvation that you would not leave us trapped in sin. We thank you for that. We thank you for your written word that it corrects us and instructs us and gives us everything we need for godly living and we thank you for the holy ghost we thank you for the holy ghost jesus said i'm getting ready to go he said but when i go i'm gonna give you a comforter or teacher the holy ghost and he is going to help you and so we thank you for supernatural help now we pray as this word goes forth you say that anytime we could see here and understand we would be converted and so we declare that today is our conversion day we declare that our eyes are anointed to see our ears are anointed to hear our hearts are anointed to understand and that we are converted and our conversion brings healing in jesus name we pray amen all right i'm gonna just go ahead and get started in this i want y'all to share this listen i don't know if you know this but did you know that you can share lives in your story so not only can you share it to your page and in groups that you're in but you can also share it to your story so i want to encourage you to share let me tell you what i know about fellowship of champions this is a ministry teaching people how to walk in love, live by faith, and experience God's prosperity in every area of life. And I know there is no greater time than for people to know that Jesus loves them and that God has the power to help them overcome life circumstances. If there was ever a time in your life where people have needed to know, where we have needed to know, this is it. So do not be selfish with the teaching you are receiving. Do not say, I'm afraid to share because I don't want people to think, share, listen, you might share it to one person, change their life, and then it changes their whole family life. You may share it to one person who's a CEO and it changes their whole business, and then that keeps a bunch of people employed. You don't know, but listen, this is what, what, what do you call it, Pastor Edwin, when you call it when we share the broadcast? Social media outreach, social media outreach. So we want to do our social media outreach. It's kind of like knocking on doors. Hey, do you know Jesus? Have you heard about what Jesus is doing in the lives of his people? Have you heard about Fellowship of Champions? Do you know that that's a church that's teaching us how to win? We're still winning. It's still our year of great harvest. So today... I am talking about seed strategies and supernatural success. Seed strategies and supernatural success. And um, I want to talk about this. If you watched the live last week, I talked about prophetic words and how prophetic words are weapons because the word of God is a weapon. And many times, in fact, somebody in our ministry had a dream about a bunch of guns on the wall. And I was saying that, you know, there's more to the dream, but the point is, is that many times if you dream, if you see swords, if you see guns, if you see grenades, if you see things like that, they represent that the word has the power to destroy whatever is holding you in bondage, right? And so I want to tell you right now that God has the power to destroy whatever has you in bondage. That, let's make that our first declaration today. Say God has the power power to destroy anything that has me in bondage. And not only does God have the power, because that's good. It's good that God has the power. But do you know what's even better? God has given you the power. You are not a victim of your circumstances. You are not a victim of what is happening in life. God has given you his power. We're going to just look at, I'm going to try five scriptures today, because I want to talk about something, and I want us to have the right perspective and make sure that we're saying the right things out of our mouth in this season. I want you to declare this. I am blessed. I am blessed and it cannot be stopped. I am blessed and it cannot be stopped. I really want you to get in the habit that no matter what the news is saying, no matter what your job is doing, no matter what the COVID numbers are doing, that you continue to decree and declare, I am blessed. 
I am blessed. I am blessed. What does blessed mean? It doesn't mean that you have a bunch of new stuff. It means that you are empowered with the same empowerment that God has. So literally God took what makes him powerful, what gives him the ability to prosper, what gives him the ability to be successful, and he put it on you. That's right. You got the same juice, the same power. It's not a watered-down version of the Holy Spirit. It's not a watered-down version of Jesus, the same power. We're going to go to one of my favorite passages of Scripture. I believe that if you want to know the intent for anything, you always go to the beginning. So let's go to Genesis 1 and 26. Genesis 1 and 26. And how y'all doing today? You ought to be saying, I am blessed. I am blessed. And if you're looking at your life and you're like, but pastor, I don't have a place to live or pastor, I don't have a job or Sean, this is what's going on. You need to begin to prophesy to your situation that God has blessed me. It is working in my favor. It is working in my favor. Amen. In Genesis 26, it's a 1 and 26. It says, and God says, let us make man in our image. In whose image? We are made in the image of God. Say that say, I am made in the image of God. That's right. I'm going to have you doing a lot of talking today. I'm trying to get you to make faith confessions. Why? Because I'm trying to get you to say the right thing so you can come into agreement with God. So when you're going through your day and whatever happens, happens and whoever says what they say, that you remember who you really are. He says, let us make man in our image and in our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all of the earth and over every creepeth thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he, him, male and female created he, them. And God blessed them. That's why we say we're blessed. From the beginning, what did God do? And God blessed them. I need you to say it like you mean it this morning. I am blessed. He, it says he made them in his image and verse 28 says, and God blessed them. He put a supernatural empowerment on humanity, on his creation. And he said to them, he says, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. That's what God did. He blessed them, and then he said, be fruitful. So God blessed you. He spoke a word over you, and then he gave you the right to be fruitful. Somebody needed to realize this this morning. God has given you the right to be fruitful. Somebody say, I am fruitful. He says to be fruitful, and then he says to multiply. So not only did God give us the ability to be fruitful, to produce fruit, and contrary to the way a lot of people um, teach this, this is not just about having babies. It, it's that fruit should abound with your life. When you touch something, it should prosper. You should prosper in your relationships. You should prosper at work. You should prosper in your health. God wants you to be fruitful. He so wants you to be fruitful that he put an empowerment on you to be fruitful. And then he said, listen, because I'm an abundant God, don't just be fruitful. Here's what I want you to do. Multiply. I want you to multiply. Now, how many of you know that multiplication is greater than addition, right? How many of you know that? So he says, I don't just want you to, uh, fruitful is about adding. God doesn't just want us to add. He wants us to multiply. He wants you to multiply. Yes. And then he says, he says, and replenish. What is replenishment? We live in Walmart country. And so we have some people at our church that are replenishment managers. What does that mean? It means that all over the Walmarts, all over the world, when the limes and the lemons get low, there is somebody here who pushes a button and ensures that those limes and lemons go back to the store. So God gives you the ability to be fruitful, guys. He gives you the ability to multiply. And then he says, replenish. If something ever gets depleted, he says, I have empowered you to replenish it. 
Oh, wait a minute. So if my money get funny, he's empowered me to replenish it. If my health gets low, he's empowered me to replenish it. If my peace goes away, he's empowered me to replenish it. So he gave me the ability to add. He gave me the ability to multiply. And then he says, if something ever happens and you get sucker punched and it seems like it all got stripped away, I gave you the ability to replenish and put yourself back in the place where you would have been had that thing not happened. I love that. I love that. And then he says, subdue it. That that means he's giving you the authority to put your foot on some things. And I came to tell you this morning that these words that our pastor has been giving us, the year of great harvest and that the end of the year would be greater than the first part of the year. Those are words that we use to subdue. Those are weapons that we use to subdue. Listen, what I would tell you if we were at FOC um, on um, OY Road, I would tell you that I am preaching better than you saying amen. I'm trying to let you know here that God has put you in a position that it doesn't matter what the economy is doing. It does not matter what your job is doing. It does not matter what the government is doing. It does not matter who tries to hold you back, who tries to limit you from the foundation. What he said about you is that you have the ability to be fruitful. You are empowered to multiply. You are empowered to replenish. You are empowered to subdue and you are empowered to have dominion. So the question is, who going to stop you, boo? So the only thing that stops us from walking in this place is that we don't understand that these words that God has given us, they are seed. And when we take this word and plant it in our heart, it produces what God said. If you know anything about seeds, you know this, you know that if you, um, we're getting a puppy Friday, I'm so excited about it. And the person we're getting the puppy from planted a banana tree. I did not even know that a banana tree could grow in Arkansas, but she has a banana tree that is producing bananas. And how many of you know that the seed to produce banana had the power to produce the bananas when it was still just a seed? How many of you understand that? So she takes this banana seed and she plants it in the ground. And what does she expect? She expects to get bananas. So when we plant the word of God in our heart, our expectation is to get what? God said. So when we find out that we have been made fruitful, when we find out that we have been given the ability to multiply, when we find out we have been empowered to replenish, when we find out we have the authority to subdue, when we find out we have the right to exercise dominion, then we plant the word in our heart with expectation that what God has said is the only harvest we will accept. Did you hear what I said? It don't mean some other packages may not try to come to your house. It doesn't mean that some lack might not try to come to your house. It doesn't mean that some sickness might not try to show up at your house. It doesn't mean that some trouble might not sign up, show up at your house. But just like if the UPS driver showed up at your house and said, I need you to sign for this package for um, James Roberts. And you like, that's not my name. I'm not signing for that. There are some things that when they show up in your house, you have to stop signing for it. You got to say, no, 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 no. That is not the seed that I have planted. I have agreed with the word of God. I have decreed and declared that I am fruitful. I have decreed and declared that I am a multiplier. I have decreed and declared that I can replenish. I have decreed and declared that I have dominion and I have decreed and declared that I can subdue anything that is trying to stop me from having what God said. Not because I'm so much in my own strength, but because he empowered me and I believe in the supernatural power of God. You ought to just stop and give God some praise. So there are some things in your life right now. There's some lack in your life right now that you're asking God to do something about it. And he's saying, I need you to kick that out. I need you to subdue that. I need you to tell lack. You remember that song, love don't live here anymore. Some of you need to start saying in your house, lack, you can't live here anymore. That's not what God said about me. God did not say that because I was a single parent that I wasn't going to have money. God did not say that because I was married and we had five kids, I wasn't going to have money. God did not say that. And so I'm going to stop accepting seed and allowing it to place fruit to produce fruit in my life. That is not what God said. 
Glory to God. Come on and give God some praise. I want you to take 13 seconds right now and I want you to begin to prophesy in your own life. Because what did I tell you last week? I told you that a prophetic word was a weapon. And you need to begin to say to your checkbook. You need to begin to say to your account. You need to begin to say to Indeed where you've been applying. You need to begin to say to your business. You will be fruitful. You will multiply. You will replenish. And I come against anything that is trying to hold us back. I subdue it and I exercise exercise dominion under the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now that's what it means to pray. Thou will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Come on and give God glory in this place. If this is blessing you, I want you to share this with somebody. Let me tell you something. You don't have to stay where you are. That's what I'm trying to get you. I'm trying to get some seed in you, some seed, some word seed in you. Now let's go to Deuteronomy 8 and 18 because I told you I don't have a five scriptures today. Deuteronomy 8 and 18. Glory to God. Deuteronomy 8 and 18, it says, But thou shalt remember who? The Lord God. The Lord thy God. If he's your God, you need to remember. He says, You should remember the Lord your God, for it is he that gives thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he sware to his fathers as it is unto this day. Wait a minute. Remember, remember, that means I'm going to have an opportunity to forget. That means that when the jobs aren't coming through as fast, um, when the economy is crazy, when the Dow is acting a fool, when my boss is talking about there not going to be any promotions, he said, I need you to remember that it's who is the Lord, my God. Who's your God? Well, my God is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God who provides. He says, you need to remember that it is the Lord, your God, who has has given you the power to get wealth. I want to tell you guys something. Many of you are stuck because you think it's your job that's giving you the power for provision. You think that it is your husband that is giving you the power of provision. You think that it is your education that is giving you the power of provision. You think it's the state you live in. You think it's the city that you chose. But the Bible says it is the Lord our God who has given us the power to get wealth. What's he trying to do? He is trying to shift our perspective so that no matter what is happening in the world, we remember this simple thing that I need everybody to type and give hearts like you are going crazy. God is my source. God is my source. God is my source. He's the one that's giving me power. That's how you can prosper in a famine. I can prosper in a famine because I'm not looking at anything external to tell me how I can increase. Come on and give God some praise. I'm trying to help you because as they keep talking about unemployment, I want to tell you it's still some people getting jobs. In fact, I said last week that there were people who were unemployed and underemployed that were going to get jobs. And I already got reports for people who got new jobs that paid them more than they've ever made before. Why? Because if you will grab hold of the word of God and you will exalt the word above your circumstances and your situation, you will see God bring you into soup supernatural success. It won't necessarily make sense. What does that mean? That means that you will be a single mother. Take this. Somebody better catch this. You will be a single mother on housing this year and next year you'll buy a house. You'll be somebody barely making it this month and by the end of the year you'll be in a better situation than you've ever been in before. You need to understand that the word of God is designed to give you a supernatural advantage and release heaven into the earth. And nobody in heaven is struggling on how they go pay their bills. And nobody in heaven is wondering about where they're going to live. And in fact, the Bible tells us, he says he will give you houses that you did not build. So if you like, I want a house, but I don't want to build it. He'd be like, that's fine. I got houses for you. But if you choose to believe, and I understand that this stuff makes people nervous. But if you choose to believe the world, if you choose to be what they call realistic, then what you're going to have is the, re the best reality earth has to offer you. 
If you choose to be realistic, if you choose to be logical, then you're going to have the best that earth decides that you can give. And I know that most of you watching are African-American. And what I can assure you is that you do not want to stick with the best this planet wants to give you. You want the best heaven has for you. You want to begin to decree and declare over your life. I don't care what my skin color is. I don't care what my gender is. I don't care what my education level is. I cannot be denied because when God says he's giving you the power to get wealth, he did not say it was limited by the economy. He did not say it was limited by your gender. He did not say it was limited by the color of your skin. He did not say it was limited by where you live. He did not say it was limited by your education. He said, I am your source. Somebody shout, God is my source. So he has given you the power to get wealth. So the question is, are you going to continue to sit and struggle? Are you going to continue to go, I'm stuck here because of this. I'm stuck here because of that. Or are you going to begin to say to your situation. I may not know how God is going to turn this around, but I read in this word that there is an anointing for fruitfulness on my life. There is an anointing for multiplication on my life, and there is an anointing for replenishment on my life, and I can subdue and exercise dominion over anything that is trying to stop me from being fruitful, stop me from multiplying, and stop me from replenishing. Somebody ought to say, I ain't taking it no more. You've taken it so long. You've been oppressed so long. You've struggled so long. Some of you have even asked, maybe that's just my lot in life. The devil is a lie. It is not your lot in life. The question is, can he find somebody who has enough faith to say, even if I'm first generation, you can make me the man. I'll go first to be an example to everybody around me because I believe the word of God. Hallelujah. I ain't taking it no more. I ain't taking it no more. Ooh, that's good. All right, let's go to our next scripture. Somebody give the Lord praise. And what begins to happen is that when we begin to recognize that the word is seed, we begin to ask God for supernatural strategies. One of the things that Pastor Elwin tells us, he tells us that when you are in faith, one of the things that you can expect or the two things I want to talk about is you can expect a plan and wisdom. So God will not only give you instructions, but he will tell you what to say and what to do. He will tell you what to say and what to do. And many of you reached out to me this week and you said to me, the Lord told me to work on my resume. That was a plan. And so when you ignore that plan, you are ignoring your prosperity. Say that. Say, if I ignore the plan of God, I am ignoring my prosperity. If I ignore the plan of God, I'm ignoring my prosperity. Tell your neighbor, don't do that. Don't ignore the plan of God. So if God says, apply for this job right here, that's not the time for you to say, I'm not qualified. God ain't crazy. I want to tell y'all something. Do you know that every decision in the earth realm is made by a person? Every decision. Even when you put your little information in, let's say if you're applying for a car, you're applying for a hot house, you're applying for a job, whatever it is. Do you know that behind those computer programs, do you know it's people sitting back there? Do you know that God can raise up somebody, which gets us to the third thing that we talk about? He can give you favor. He can raise up somebody. So God will apply, have you to apply for a job that maybe you just have the bare minimum qualifications for, but he already has somebody righteous in authority. When your resume comes across something, God speaks to them and says, look at that resume right there. And you say, well, that ain't fair. Well, favor ain't fair, but it is faith. It is faith. And so I think that this is important. I'm going to stop and I'm going to take a little break and tell this testimony. It's one of my favorite testimonies. God has been so gracious to us. We have so many testimonies, but many of the testimonies we have because we've been willing to believe God. We've been willing to look crazy. We've been willing to look foolish. We've been willing to take a next, to take the step and go out there. But years ago, um, in 1999, this is one of my favorite testimonies. It's the testimony about how we got our first house. And this is going to be a word for some of you because there are some people out there and you're believing for a house. I'm, you're believing to buy a house. Um, so if you're 
believing to buy a house, go ahead and say, it's me. Even if you already have a house and you're believing to buy another house, that's okay. So in 1999, on New Year's Eve, Pastor Edwin and I, um, we weren't even pastoring at the time. We went to Bishop T.D. Jake's New Year's Eve service, and it was an amazing service. It's still one of the best services I have been to. T Bishop Jake's is so, he's just such a... Um, he's a teacher and he's an entertainer. It was New Year's Eve for 2,000 guys. They had lions in the place. It was crazy bananas. The praise and worship was off the chain. And he asked for something during the offering. He asked for people to give an offering for a dollar for every year they were old. I think we were both 27 or 28. And then Taylor was... Um, four, right, babe? And then I was pregnant with Chase. And so whatever that amount was, we put it together and he said, you know, put your money in there and write on the back of it what you're believing for. And I wrote on the back of the envelope, I was believing God to be in a house by Christmas 2000, by Christmas 2000, right? So we come back to Arkansas and we we're living in Conway at the time and uh, we're renting a house and it's a pretty nice house, but it's not a house that we want to buy. And then Elwin ends up getting a job um, um, in Springdale, he becomes the first African-American administrator in Springdale Public Schools. Man, your pastor been doing first for a long time. And so anyway, it's even a cool story on that because the, uh, the superintendent at the time said to him, listen, we don't hire people on the spot. And literally, Ellen left the interview. And by the time he got back to where we were at our friend's house, they called him, offered him the job. Man, listen, it just was a phenomenal situation. So we moved from Conway um, up here. And as we're getting ready to move, the Lord says to me, this is in July. He says to me, I want you to sew your furniture. So I go to Edwin, I say, hey, listen, Edwin, um, I, but I believe the Lord told me to sew, my our, sew our furniture. We had just paid the furniture off like it was, you know, back in the day when all your stuff had to match. It was the, the um, love seat, the chair, the sofa, the matching lamps and tables and the coffee table. And, and babe said to me, he says, listen, if you believe that that's what the Lord told you to do, that's fine. He said, but I need you to know that we don't have money in the budget for new furniture right now. We were getting a new getting a new job. I had just had Chase. Taylor was getting ready to um, go to kindergarten. So we moved back up to Northwest Arkansas and we live at these apartments. What's the apartments, babe, we live in? We lived at the Links out on 265 and we don't have any we don't have any living room furniture in there. And we got a friend who's pregnant, so we give her the rolling chair when she comes in. And I just keep believing I'm going to get a house. I keep saying I'm going to get a house. I keep saying I'm going to get a house. This is going to help some of you because you keep saying it. But now here's the thing. At the beginning of November, I am sitting at the bar because we don't have any furniture. I'm sitting at the bar and I'm working on my computer. And the Lord said to me, he said, Sean, I thought you told me you wanted a house to be in a house by Christmas. I said, I did it, Lord, but you know, our credit is still not where it needs to be. And the Lord said, I need you to apply for a house. He says, because if you don't apply for a house, I can't help you. All right, Lord. So I get online and I'm about to go online. He says, no, I need you to apply for a house at this specific bank. So the bank had a lot of branches. So I open up the phone book and I'm looking. He says, no, I need you to call this branch right here. So I call that branch right there and I ask to speak to the mortgage loan. And I say, I start talking and the girl says, she says, is this Sean Strickland? Now I got to tell y'all, I wanted to hang up. Because at the time, our credit wasn't that great. And I surely did not want somebody to who knew me to know that our credit wasn't that great. And I was trying to get a house. And so she says to me, she, she says, this Sean Strickland? I said, yes. Yeah. She said, listen, let me tell you something. She said, this is God. She said, this is my last day in this position right here. She said, but if you get up here, my mortgage lender will get you approved for a house today. Now, I had let somebody borrow my car. I was at home with Chase. I had to call another friend to come and watch Chase and let me use her car so I could go up in there. Guys, let me tell y'all something. We had something on our credit. We had made a foolish decision. We had co-signed for somebody to get a car and they had not paid for the car so we had a repo on our credit somebody say repo on your credit we had a repo on our credit right guys we got in there and i told a lady she said what do you want i said i want to be in a house by christmas i said we got two kids and i just i want us to be in a house not an apartment and she asked for my social she asked for everyone's social she pulled a thing and i'm telling you 15 minutes later she says you are approved for up to one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars. now back there in night and 20 and 2000 honey that might as well have been 1.2 million dollars and i said we approved 
And she was like, yes. And she showed me the credit report. Guys, guess what? The repossession was not on our credit. And to this day has never showed up. Because when you obey God, he has supernatural solutions. See, the thing about obeying God is that you cannot predict a miracle, but you can always expect one. We needed a miracle. So now I call, listen, I call Pastor Edwin um, and he says, um, I call him, I say, babe, we just got approved for a house. Babe say, don't lie to me, girl. Ain't nobody approved us for a house. I said, no, for real. And listen, back then it wasn't no picture phones. I had to drive the approval level to his job so he could see we had been approved. Now it's November. So we get out there and we go as far as I, we start looking for a house. But here's the thing. You got to understand. See, anytime you get a little bit of the blade, instead of being like, if you're believing for Take this. Let's say if you're believing for $500 and somebody sold $50 into you, you shouldn't be like it's just $50. You should be like that $50 is proof that the other $450 is out there. So now when we're in this situation where now, first of all, he has directed me to the right bank, to a girl who's not going to be in a position anymore, and now he is supernaturally taking something out of off my credit. Girl, I can't be stopped. At this point, I can't stop. You can't talk me out of my faith. And some of you got to get to the point that you don't let people or circumstances talk you out of your faith. So now we're looking for a house. Now here's the thing. I already knew where I wanted to live. But there were no houses there that we wanted to live in. So we were looking all over and Pastor Ellen would send me out and he would be like, narrow down to three houses. We had a great real estate agent and I would take him. I'd see five, six houses and then take him to see the one I liked the best. And so anyway, we were getting down to the wire and they were like, you got to make a decision by Monday. They told us on Friday, if you got any chance of closing by Christmas, because now we go close by Christmas. See, that's what faith will do. Faith will make you bold. Faith will make you gangster. When everybody else is saying it's not going to work, faith will make you say it's already worked. God already did it. Who am I talking to? So anyway, I say to Elwin, we narrowed it down to these three houses, but ain't neither one of them really the house. And I say to Elwin, I say, babe, let's ride that neighborhood one more time. One more time. See, some of you just need to go back one more time. So we drop our kids off over to our friends, the Crockett House, and we ride that neighborhood one more time. And let me tell y'all something. As we turn that curve, it happens to be a teacher from where the school that Strick has just gotten a job at. She sees him. He rolls the window down and starts talking to her. She says, what are you doing in my neighborhood? He says, we're looking for a house. We got to make a decision by Monday. She says to us, she says, come in and see if you like my house. We're like thinking, is she going to sell us her house? We go in. It's the exact house we've been looking for. It's the perfect house for our family at that time. She says, I know it's not a sign next door, but the sign, the house next door is for sale. It's it's built by the same builder. It's a brand new house. It looks just like mine, except the plan is flipped. And I got the key. Do you want to see it? Do we want to see it, girl? It's all kind of supernatural solutions working for us. So she gets the key. We go in the house and I, me and Strick like, this is the house. Let me tell y'all something. She calls the owner of the house. The owner of the house comes over and before we really could have cut our real estate agent out of the deal, we just did because it was her first deal ever. By the time she got there, we had written a contract and got the guy to throw in blinds because we ain't had no money and got the guy to throw in a fence on a Saturday morning. So Monday morning, we go in there. We say, this is the house. They begin to work on it. We're getting closer and closer and closer and closer. And then they come back and they say to us, you're not going to be able to get this house in time for Christmas because there is an engineering issue. Now, at this point, you can't talk me out of my faith. I'm going to be in that house on Christmas. Watch and see. So then this is when well-meaning people who love you and don't want to see you disappointed, this is when they try to help you. Well, Sean, it doesn't matter if you're not in by Christmas. You know you're going to get the house. I don't care nothing about that. I'm going to be in this house by Christmas. They start saying they don't have an engineer who can come out. I start reaching out to people that I know because I know I know somebody who know an engineer who can get out. And lo and behold, what do we find? An engineer who comes out and says, oh, no, it's not a structural problem. 
All we have to do is replace this bean. They replaced the bean. Now it is the Friday before they're going to close for, it's the week before they're going to close for the holidays and they're going to be closed until after New Year. And they're like, we don't have any more appointments left for closing. Oh, yes, you do. I bet you about to get an, uh, an appointment. Your faith will make you gangster. When Jesus walks in and Jairus' daughter is dead, it takes gangster faith to say she ain't dead. She just sleeping. All the people laugh at him. Listen, people think I'm being ridiculous at this point. It gets even better. Anybody who's ever sold a house knows that before you close the house, you're not supposed to be able to move anything into the house the owner says it's getting close here's what y'all can do don't you can't move anything into the house but you can move anything you want into the garage baby we packing boxes moving stuff and we take the last closing appointment they have on the friday before they shut down for two weeks and who was in their house for christmas that's right me I'm not telling you that to say I'm so smart, strict so smart. I'm telling you that to tell you that when you will get in faith and take the word of God as a seed, he will begin to give you strategies and those strategies will produce supernatural success. And it was supernatural success that let us be in our house by a less than a year later, December 25th, 2000, we're in our house with our kids just like we had sold that seed for I'm trying to tell you God has solutions. I'm trying to tell you that if you are willing to believe God over your circumstances and over your situations, if you are willing to believe God, what he says, even when everybody think you stupid, even when everybody think you doing too much. Listen, since we in this first house testimony, let me go ahead and tell the second house testimony and then we'll do these scriptures and we'll just get on out of here. So now, Pastor Ellen liked me so much that after we get into that house, he gets me pregnant again. So now this house that was a great house for two kids is now too small for this kid, for this next kid we about to have, Caleb. So I had already scoped out the next neighborhood I wanted to live in. See, some of you can't move because you don't actually have any vision. The Bible says where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. So when you don't have any vision for living any place else, then what you you don't get in, you don't get preparation. You don't get preparation. People that think about this. I've had a lot of kids. And the thing I know is that if you're not thinking about having a kid and you find out you're pregnant, you find yourself walking in Target and in Walmart in the baby aisle in the place that you've never been. So if you tell me that you are looking for, if you tell me you believe in for a house, but you ain't got at least one box packed, you ain't really believing for no house. Because people who believe in to go somewhere start preparing to go. People who believe in to have babies start preparing to have babies. People who believe in to be management start accumulating clothes so they can show up and look like a manager. In fact, people who are believing to be managers start dressing like managers before while they still just cashiers because faith will move you to go as far as your faith will take you so now Pastor and I got me pregnant again now we had Caleb and so we've been so we um I'm just trying to tell you how we live by faith how we've been living by faith for for 20 something years now how we live by faith so I know my, I know my next neighborhood now, the next neighborhood is out of price for me. But let me tell you something. Here's what has happened. The first house has shown me God can do anything. Turn and tell your neighbor God can do anything. The first house has shown me God can do anything. Turn and tell your neighbor God can do anything. So what I started doing is I started, Taylor went to this school that, was by, that you had to pass to get to the neighborhood I wanted to live in. So what I started doing is that in the morning when I would take Taylor to school, I would drive in the neighborhood and drive out like we already lived there. And and then when I dropped Taylor off, I was me and Chase and Caleb, we would circle back like we lived in the neighborhood. So we keep looking, we keep looking, we keep looking. Guys, it was a house in that neighborhood. It was $184,000. I will never forget it. That house, it had four bedrooms. It seemed like the perfect house for us. And we were like, how in the world? I mean, we just, we, I mean, it hasn't been 18 months yet. We bought a house for $122,500 and we had to get the man to put the blinds in. And how are we going to get a house for $184,000? And I felt like the Lord said, you supposed to live in this neighborhood. You are supposed to live in this neighborhood. See, understand that when you find the place that God has for you, the set place that God has for you, it ain't a devil, it ain't a demon, and it ain't a person that can keep you out unless you won't operate by faith. 
So anyway, we drive down this neighborhood every single day, every single day in the house that's $184,000, it is for sale. So I would walk through the house, walk through the house, walk through the house, walk through the house. Here come our well-meaning friends again. They don't mean no harm. They just don't walk by faith. Well, you know what? You know how long it takes most people to get in a house like that? Y'all probably being a little aggressive. You probably got your face set out there, blah, blah, blah. So I keep driving down this same street for this house. And then guess what? They put a contract on the house. I'm like, babe, they put a contract on my house. Babe, like that must not be our house then. So I keep driving down this street every single day, dropping my kid off like I live in this neighborhood and I see a for sale sign. And I see a for sale sign and I call the number on the for sale sign. It's for sale by owner. And the lady says, come and see the house. So I go and see the house and I go and see this house, and this house is everything. Say everything, it's everything. Well, I don't realize that the house has a whole nother layer. So upstairs is four bedrooms and two bathrooms, but I don't realize that downstairs it's got another two bedrooms, a living area, and a bathroom, a huge living area. And I'm just thinking, I can. there is no way we can afford this house. Y'all, the house was $289,000. So we done had to use our faith for a house that costs 125K, and then the the house that we know is too much for us is 184k and it got sold and now i'm standing in a house that costs 289,500 which may as well have been 2.8 million dollars and you know what that lady starts saying to me she starts saying i like you she said can you do me a favor can you bring your family over to this house uh-oh god is working on something i say to ellen i say babe we gotta go you gotta go see this house we walking through the house we don't need we know if we move in the house, we don't even have enough furniture to put in the house. It, it just, it, it, we don't have enough furniture. We don't have the money, whatever. And she keeps saying to me, I just like you. I feel like, now they had only been living in the house. They had been living in the house less than a year. They had built the house. And, um, and then her husband was a dentist and he got moved to a practice somewhere else, right? So it's basically a brand new house. It's 4,000 square feet which is our first house was 1800, right? The house we wanted was 25. It's 4,000 square feet and we're not even 30 years old yet. And I don't work and Edwin is a principal, an assistant, uh, he gets a principal's job after that. That's a whole nother story I'll tell y'all about another day. But anyway, wait a minute. So she says to me, do you want the house? You gotta go, in fact, Bishop Hill said, you gotta go as far as your faith can take you. I said, ma'am, I love this house. I believe that this is my house, but I got to tell you something. I don't think we can afford this house. You know what she said to me? She said, my brother owns a mortgage firm. I bet you can own, you can afford this house. She calls her brother. She says to her brother, she says, I have found the family who needs to live in my house next. And I need you to work a deal that makes it work. Wait, did I mention that with my first house, we had to have some money down? And so people had to give us the money down to be able to make the deal. I didn't tell you that, right? So you can imagine that we probably are going to need more money for this next house down, right? Yes, and the house is $289,005. When that man got through working that deal, we moved into that house that was 4,000 square feet for $300 more than the house that we were living in that was 1,800 square feet, and they gave us money back. Why? Because a word of God will become a seed that releases a strategic plan that releases a supernatural result. And I don't know whether you need a job or whether you need a physical healing. Literally, God has been saying to me, there are literally some of you, you are walking your way back to health. It doesn't make sense to you. You don't understand how just being faithful and walking the miles he's telling you to walk every day is restoring your health. But he will give you a seed and that seed will begin to give you a strategy and it begin to give you a plan, a plan. And before you know it, and I want you to know that house that I'm talking to you about, we live in that house right now. We live live in that house right now because we were willing to go where our faith would take us. 
We were willing to go where our faith will take us. I am telling you, we got a good man of God. Our man of God has heard from God. He says, it is the year of great harvest. What has God said he wants to do for you in this year? God, when God told you you can go get a new job, do you think God cared that it's a recession? Do you think God is moved by that? Do you think God is limited in his resources? Do you think that God can't raise up, oh, maybe I should tell y'all that story, about the time when Pastor Ellen had decided that he didn't want to work in a school building anymore. He needed to work more money and he wanted a flexible job. And literally a company raised up in the state of Arkansas and that company only lasted in Arkansas until he didn't work for them anymore. So they set up, gave him the job, and then when he took another job, guess what? The whole company went, got bought by somebody else and doesn't even have an office in Arkansas. See, I know that my faith makes you think that I'm extreme, but the benefit of being extreme is that I get to live in spaces that I do not qualify to live in in the natural, but my faith gives me access. Tell your neighbor, say your faith will give you access. Now, that's really all I want to talk about today. I want to tell you, I want, baby, um, babe, Instagram is doing something. It went off, but it came back on, so I'm not sure what happened. I want to tell you that God has strategies. I want to tell you that the word is seed. And you can take that seed and you can take your money seed and that seed can become whatever it is that God has said belongs to you. Now, it's important that I tell you this. The Bible says faith starts where the will of God is known. I think it just blinked and it came back in. Faith starts where the will of God is known. So that's why it's important for us to hear God. Tell your neighbor, say you need to hear God because some of you are frustrated because you are trying to get something that God has not said is yours. The Bible says all of the promises of God are yes and amen. So that means when you start looking for a house, it's the will of God for you to have a house. Say that. Say it's the will of God for me to have a house. It's the will of God for me to have a house. But it may not be the will of God for you to have that particular house that you want. That is why you have to ask the Lord, where do you want me? Why? Because the favor of God has already been set where he wants you. What company do you want me to work for? What city do you want me to work for? Work live in? What church do you want me to go to? Why? Because when I hear God, he is going to connect me to what heaven has already prepared. See, faith does not create anything. All faith does is connect me to what heaven has already prepared for me. I don't really use my faith to create. When the Bible says he's giving you the power to get wealth, that means that God has set wealth and provision in certain realms and dispensations for you. And when you show up to those realms and dispensations in faith, there is a release because heaven already prepared it. So understand that when you're looking for a house, when you're looking for a spouse, when you're looking for restoration of health or restoration of peace, God has already set in place the people. I was thinking about this when I walk sometimes. I was thinking about how I'll walk and it's really, really hot and I will, um, and there'll be trees. And when I get to the trees, you know what is, you know, I get so excited because the trees give me shade. And one of the things that the Lord said to me, because I always say, Lord, thank you for the trees that provide shade right here. And he says, thank you for having the wisdom to walk the way that I told you to walk so I could shade you when you needed to be shaded. Understand, God isn't moving trees from side to side because I'm walking on different sides of the street. Literally, when I'm walking sometimes, he's like, go this way. Why? Because he already knows where the clouds are going to be. He already knows how it's going to navigate when I'm walking, right? So he'll say, go this way and do this thing. But he isn't picking the trees up from side to side because I choose to walk on a different side of the street. So God is not obligated to give you whatever you want. God is obligated to give you what he has provided for you. And many of you have been so frustrated and so aggravated because you keep trying to keep you on one hand. You're saying, God, I want your will. God, I'll do anything you want me to do. God, I'll go anywhere you want me to go. And then when God says to you, no, this is the city. This is the church. This is the house. This is the job. Some of you are frustrated right now. I'm just going to release this word to you. Listen, 
I am an entrepreneur, but I am an entrepreneur who does not think that there is any shame in having a job. And many of you are financially struggling right now because you see having a job as some kind of insult and some kind of shame. And so you're over here instead of God has been leading you to go get a job, to go back in, to get the income, to get the position, to get the experience that you need in order to be able to prosper. And you keep fighting it. You keep standing at the business, telling the business to prosper right now, but that's not what God God has called to prosper for you in this season. There may be others of you that you're trying to break into a certain film. Feel. And he's like, not right now. I'm calling you to this field. I think it's so important for us to understand God is not obligated to give us whatever we want. God is obligated to give us what he has prepared. So anybody with wisdom should say, God, what did you prepare? What? Okay, if my pastor... If my pastor has said to me that the rest of this year is going to be better than the first part of this year, my question needs to be, what did you prepare? What do you want me to do? Which way should I go? So then when God says, work on your resume, you make that a priority, not something you do after you get through binge watching Married at First Sight. You make it a priority. You do the thing that he told you to do. If God told you to walk every day, if don't nobody else walk every day, you walk every day. If God told you to only drink water, you do that no matter what he said. If God told you to save $250 a month, you do that no matter what. Because God is not obligated to give us what we want. God is obligated to give us what his word has prepared for us. So that is what I wanted to talk about today. And so I want to encourage you guys to spend some time before the Lord. My pastor has said to me that these next four months are going to be the best. They're going to be better than the first part of the year. And I don't know about you, but I, I, I've had a great time. But I have taken my man of God seriously. When he said he was going to harvest, I went after everything that he said. Two, three years ago, he told us that it was the will of God for all of us at, at FOC to make at least $100,000. My business wasn't making $100,000. I began to sow for that word. I began to strategize for that word and then I made $100,000. Now I'm in my third year of making over $100,000. Why? Because I went after what God said. I went after what God said. You've got to do what he said. He will give you a plan and wisdom is doing what he said. And what wisdom will begin to do is to get you to do things in the right order. To do things in the right order. You don't have to try. Tell your name say you don't have to try to figure it out yourself. You can just ask God. Pastor Ellen, can you come close us? You not going to come close us? <laughs> he talking about you doing so good. Pastor be tripping. So anyway, that's what I wanted to say today. And, and you know, and listen, if you don't, and, and listen, I want to just tell y'all this. Let me just say this. And if you don't believe that you can make six figures, be it unto you according to your faith. And if you don't believe that as a single mother you can buy a house, be it unto you according to your faith. Because you can't live beyond your faith. You can't live beyond your faith. And so I want to encourage you guys to sow this morning. As you're giving into the ministry this morning, I want you to sow. Somebody said all them angry faces. Amber says she just got, she just got excited and hit the wrong button. Amen. Praise God. Because I was like, ooh, somebody is mad. They big mad. But it's okay, Amber. And so when you sow, you know, 2 Corinthians tells us that when we sow, we can sow for all grace. One of the reasons I love to sow for all grace is because then I don't have to list the 37 things I need from God. I can be like, all right, God, wait, let me say this. Do y'all even have a vision? Have you ever ri even written down what God said he was going to do for you in this season? Is it written? Is it at a place that you can see it? If you're believing God to be out of debt, do you have that number written down somewhere? If somebody rose up, if God raised up somebody right now and said, if you can tell me exactly what you owe to the penny, I'll give you the money right now. Do you even know? Do you even know what kind of house your family needs? Do you even know what's the next step for you? Do you even know what the next job looks like? Or are you just saying better? Because better is vague. And you can't really, it's like when people say, I want more money. Well, if I give you $5, that's more, but that's probably not what you meant. If you over five years old, you probably didn't mean $5 for what you need. 
So I think that it's really important that you get some clarity. That's why the Bible says write the vision and write it down. Write the vision and write it down. Write the vision. Take the vision. Write it down so you can run with it. Why? Because when I'm running towards a house, running towards a job. And listen, all of these people who got you out here thinking that God don't care about where you live and God don't care about where you work, they lying. They straight line. They tell, as the old folks say, they tell a flat foot lie. God cares about every area of your life. He cares about whether you have enough money. He, the Bible says the earth and the, the gold and the silver are his and the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Yes, he does. He is your father and he cares. He cares. They lying. Say they lying. Say they, you may have been the one lying. Just repent and stop lying. Listen, God cares about your financial situation. He cares when you don't have insurance. He cares when you don't have a savings account. He cares when you can't buy your kids school clothes. He cares when you stress that about your bills. He cares about that. Why? Because he has given you the power to get wealth and he wants you to be a blessing to other people. He wants his children to be out in the world being solutions to other people. You got to stop letting people think, make you think that God wants you to be broke, that it's something noble in be broke, being broke. And have you ever noticed that the same people who will come around and dog the church for believing that people should have money is the same people who get online and talk about how the church need to do more? So how are the broke people supposed to do more? They lying. They telling a bald-faced lie. They lying. All right, it's your opportunity to give. Let me tell you something. God gave the first best gift, best gift ever. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And if you've never accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, I like to invite you to do that because all this stuff I'm talking about, the Holy Ghost giving you instruction, all of this different stuff, you got to know Jesus. He's the way. He's the way, the truth and the life. He is the way not just to heaven, but he is the way to release heaven in the earth. And he loves you and he wants you to accept him. So if you've never accepted Jesus, you can do, you can say right now you want to accept him or you can send a message in the group and then one of our intercessors, they will lead you through the prayer of salvation. But y'all know I like to pray, pray the prayer of salvation. So as we're getting ready to give, they have the giving app there and you're thinking about the announcements. I want, let's just go ahead and pray this prayer of salvation because it's the best seed ever. So, Father, we believe that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. And we thank you that because of Jesus, we are new creations and we can come home to the family of God. And so we accept our need for a savior and we allow you to fill us with your spirit so that we can be who you created us to be. We are so excited to be born again. Thank you. Fill us with your spirit. Take our lives and do something with it. So, Instagram, you're about to go off, but I'm done. You can give today. If you've accepted Jesus, you can send us a message. If you want to be a virtual partner, you can send us a message. We love you, Instagram. Facebook, we're about to wrap up here. But I'm telling you, there is something supernatural that happens when you give. There is something supernatural that happens when you speak the word and speak over your situations. And I want to declare the same thing I declared last week. There are people this week who are unemployed and underemployed, and you will receive your proper employment for this season. There is a release for entrepreneurs. God is going to give you strategic plans to take your business where it has never been before. God is releasing supernatural strategies for health. He is releasing supernatural strategies for family. He is releasing supernatural strategies. There are some of you, I yes, I heard that, you struggle with anxiety. And the Lord has given you some very clear instructions about how much news you can take, how much social media you can take. And you keep going backwards because you keep Romans 12 and 3 in yourself. You keep overestimating your ability and then you end up in the pit. I want to invite you just into obedience this week. Just do it God's way. Some of you have been frustrated by weight loss. Just do it God's way. Some of you have been frustrated about so many things. Just do it God's way. Do it God's way. And I want you to just say this. I want you to look at your hands as we get ready to go. I want you to just bless your hands. One of the promises of God, he says he will bless what you put your hands to. So I want you to declare over your hands. I want you to say these hands are wise and they only touch what God said. And because they only touch what God said, they prosper where God said my hands, they're wise. Why? Because they're connected to me and I'm listening to the Holy Spirit. 
And these hands touch what God said. And because they touch what God said, they prosper where God said. This is your greatest season of prosperity so far. It is your greatest season of prosperity so far. I'm, I want to prophesy to your savings account. Some of you have never been able to save $1,000 and have it more than a month. That's breaking for you right now in Jesus' name. Some of you are going to break free into the being able to... Um, to being able to save three months expenses. You've never been able to do that before. You are coming into new places, places in financial prosperity that you have never had before. You need to take that by faith. You need to begin to decree and declare that my money will not be stolen. There are no holes in my savings account. Money is not being taken from me. Why? Because I have the right to be fruitful. I have the right to multiply. I have the right to replenish. So even those of you who've had accounts that have depleted, you need to begin to speak replenishment over those accounts. You have the right to subdue whatever is trying to steal your money. Say, so you will not steal from me any longer, especially if you're a tither. And if you're not a tither, you ought to be. But if you are a tither, you need to be like, you don't get to steal my money. You don't steal my, don't touch my stuff. If you touch my stuff, you repay sevenfold. That's what the Bible says. If the thief be caught, so whatever's been stealing your money, you need to put the word on it and you need to say, now it's time for my repayment. And you have the right to exercise dominion. Our God is a good God. I hope you've been blessed by this. I hope you will share this with someone. I hope you will share your share it on your story. You can give. You can become a virtual partner. What else you want me to say? Give a testimony about the woman who just got a new job. Ask her what Oh, yes. Pastor Edwin, let me tell y'all this testimony about this new job. I had an event in February called Relentless, and Pastor Edwin did a session how to ask for and get what you want. And he was talking about, man, it was such a good session. That's why you should come to my live events, child. They'll be on and popping up in there. But anyway, he did this session how to ask for what you want. And he was talking about how women do not do a good job of asking for what they really want. And there was a lady there, and she was saying that basically for 19 years, she had taken stability at a job, and she was only getting the promotions that she was giving her. And so she called, she reached out to us a month or so ago and said, listen, I've been listening to what Pastor Edwin said. I want you to know I've been applying for jobs and I want you to know that I'm about to go into the final interview for a job. She sends me a message the other day and she says, not only did they offer me the job, but they offered me exactly what I asked for because of everything Pastor Edwin taught me in that session. I had confidence that even if that wasn't the place, that God had a place for me. I want you to know she not even a partner at FOC. You know what that means? That means that if it'll work for her, it'll work for you, all you champions out there. If you're connected to this ministry, if she can come and just come to a weekend and get this, you can get this. You are not obligated to stay stuck. So we release the blessing of the Lord on you. And let me tell you this one last thing. I'm a preacher, so I always got three closing. One last thing. You need to gird up yourself to be able to handle prosperity. Because when you begin to prosper, it's going to be a hater somewhere who go try to act like you don't even love God. They're going to try to manipulate you out of your money. They're going to try to make you shame. You need to make a decision right now. I will not be ashamed of anything that God is doing in my life and what God is doing in my life. He can do in your life too, but do not allow as your increase begins to come. Do not shrink back. Do not be afraid to testify about his goodness because yes, it may be a hater who hates that you are increasing, but it will be somebody else who just like I told that testimony. In fact, there's a young lady named Kimberly Dennis, Kimberly Bennett Dennis, who when I told that testimony about the house, she literally took the words that I said and then she got a house in less time it took me to get mine because I told the testimony. So you got to grow up. You got to grow up. And then when you get this increase, don't turn your back on God and act the fool. Don't, every time the children of Israel would get blessed, they would turn around and run away from God. So you get a boat, now you don't go to church. You, you get a new job, and now you don't read your Bible. Don't, don't get blessed and act the fool. He is the source of everything good. All right, that's my last closing. I want y'all to come to Mindset Monday tomorrow. I want y'all to come to prayer this week. I want y'all to come to Bible study this week. I want you to come to praise and worship this week. We love you. We out. Have a great day.